Claude Weekly is proudly brought to you by Peninsula Co-op. At Peninsula Co-op, you get full serve for the same price as self-serve, meaning you can stay in your warm vehicle while someone else pumps your fuel for you. And if you join up to the Peninsula Co-op membership program, you can start earning cash back every year on gas, convenience store purchases, home heating oil, and even groceries. Join today for just $27. For more details, head to your local Peninsula Co-op or click on the membership tab at PeninsulaCoop.com. Hello, hello, Panthers fans, and welcome back to Claude Weekly, an episode that you didn't think was happening because we kind of announced that we were done for the year, but uh, we thought we'd come back for a special episode, one final episode of the year, to learn a little bit about the situation at hand, where we're at, the prospects of uh, coming back on the ice in 2021 and everything else in between. My name is Ben. I'm by myself this week, Sticky, enjoying uh, his time away, but I am not completely alone because I am joined by a man who you've learned a lot of facts about this year so far and there are plenty more to come. He joined us uh, several weeks ago on Claude Weekly to learn a little bit more about his role at the Panthers, but he's here today to discuss the situation, as I just said at hand. The general manager, owner, the man who invented the giraffe and everything else in between, Mr. Pete Zabersky. Pete, welcome back to Claude Weekly. Ben, really happy and uh, really happy to be here with you. Thanks for the invite. And I'm just curious, um, you just once again said that this will be the last time of the year. Are you sure? Uh, well, never say never, Pete. Who knows? Uh, all of a sudden, Sydney Crosby might want to appear on Claw Weekly next week. So we probably <laughs> might say, okay, I'll come out of uh, our self-imposed break. Wayne Gretzky might be. I don't know. Uh, no relation to the Panthers, but you never know. They could be fans. I just want to say one more thing. What's more impressive than the giraffe is those runners that you're wearing. I've never <laughs> seen a set of runners like that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm fitting in with uh, the, the players. I'm trying to be cool, right? I'm trying to, you know, dress dress like the kids these days. But um, we're, we're obviously in a bit of a, uh, a pause at the moment, Pete. Uh, just can you give us give us the latest? Where are we at right now with the season? Well, there's there's something called pause, but I think if you ask the players, they're calling this almost a full stop. I mean, nobody is happy about what's going on here, and um, you know, it's it's incredible. So, uh, you know, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, several weeks ago, um, Dr. Bonnie Harris um, shut everything down, and she's allowing um, kids that are 16, 17, and 18 year old to practice. Um, we've got three 20 year olds and we've got five 19 year olds. Um, we got 17 kids that are 16 to 18. So, you know, we've, we've decided that we thought it would split our team up and hurt our team if, if we didn't act like a team. So at this point, we're just going with, um, shutting the whole team down and, um, we're waiting for the next direction, um, the next orders from, Bonnie Henry's office, and that's coming up at, um, you know, will change at midnight on January 8th, or at least we're hoping it's going to change. And is this a similar stance, do you know, from other teams? Like, because obviously different teams have a, a wider spread of the people under 18 as opposed to over 18, so some are going to be affected more than others. Do you know if all the other teams have also decided to completely shut down as well? Well, I think that it's it's really interesting. And so every organization has to look at themselves and say what's best for them. Okay, I'll give you an example. The Saanich Braves, or I guess the Saanich Predators. The Predators, Pete, yes. My, hey, my apologies, Ben. <laughs> um, the Saanich Predators uh, packed it in first, and they sent all their players home. 
they're in a different situation than us. They had the vast majority of their players are 19 and 20, and they've had they have a lot. I think half or better um, of their players are from out of town, are billeted, where we don't have any kids that are billeted, and so there's a real difference. So they shut it down before we did. Um, Kerry Park, I was talking to Brandon Cox yesterday. They've shut it down. Um, and I talked to Tony Carlson from the Cougars, their general manager, and he indicated that they had six or seven kids skating. That was it. And they were only going to do it once a week if they continued, but they were considering shutting it down. I don't quite know what they, what they decided. And I know the Wolves were finishing last week and they indicated to us that they were going to shut it down. So I think for all intents and purposes, the, the South for sure is shut down. And um, now we're all just sitting here and and waiting to see what's going to happen. Was there any extra negotiations from the team and the league with higher offices up? Because obviously the league's a unique league where you've got those ages that are obviously some are affected, some are not. Was there any opportunity to get sort of a a pass so that the 18, 19, 20-year-olds can still practice? Or was that just completely off the table? So there's three leagues. There's the, the Kootenai League, the Vancouver League, the Island League, and there's also um, BC Junior Hockey, which has 17 teams. So, you know, there's a lot of kids that are affected here, and, and you know, even if teams choose to practice, they still are affected because, you know, a, a large portion of their team and probably leader the leaders on their team have to sit on the sidelines. Um, I think there was a lot of emails and phone calls that went around but I think ultimately it fell on deaf ears. And I under, actually understand that. Um, I, I hate the decision, but I do understand it. Like, um, you know, I think we're just on the cusp here of learning more about the vaccine. I know that, you know, in Europe, it's been going out. I think the state started on Monday, putting it out and actually using it. I know, I think 400,000 um, or no, not 400,000, I think 30,000 came to Canada um, here f- to start, you know, disseminating this week. So I personally think that the vaccine, and I hope I'm right, is going to be like Kleenex and hand cleaner and toilet paper um, when this first started. Everybody was running to the stores, lining up and taking buggies full of toilet paper away and hand cleaner by the bushel. Um, I'm hoping that vaccines are the same. I'm hoping that all of a sudden we are inundated with vaccine. And I won't be surprised if that happens. I think we're all uh, hoping, well, not necessarily for it to run out like it did with the toilet paper and the Kleenex and that, but uh, hopefully that it goes out there quite quickly. What was the reaction from from the players? Did you have a chance to speak to many of the guys once you told them that we're going on a sort of a pause until we get more information? Well, it's funny, you know, this all started last March 11th. We were playing the Cougars in game two at, at in Victoria. And, uh, and I was sitting in my truck and I was listening to, you know, the news. And it came out, Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz had, you know, tested positive for COVID. And the NBA was shutting down. They canceled some games and they were shutting down. And within a day or, you know, 48 hours... Hockey in the country was shut down and our series with the Cougars, the VIJHL, was shut down for the year. And I remember we we had some pizza and, you know, kind of wrapped it up a couple days later, gave our 20-year-olds their jerseys, which we always do. And um, 
I remember, you know, everybody was in shock. And I remember looking at everybody and thinking, you know, this is really too bad for these guys. But, you know, we had a great year and, and it was almost to the end. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things. And this is going to be a couple month hiccup and away we go. Kids, so we've got three 20-year-olds. Uh, Evans, Braden Evans in between the, you know, between the pipes. He was a kid that came from Edmonton and, and he, you know, he actually contacted us and, you know, was looking for a spot to play. He was moving out here because his girlfriend was moving out. I think she was going to take some education. And so, you know, uh, he's a 20-year-old. I haven't been involved with him before and I feel for him, but but I don't have those deep roots with him. Uh, the other two twenties that we've got are Wart and Lingard. And, you know, the, those kids both started here as 17 year olds. F- strangely enough, like Lingard's born December 26th. So his birthday's coming up. If, if he is, if, if he was five days younger, he would be only 19 and he'd be eligible to play next year. Wart was born in November, mid November. And same for him, a month and a half younger, and he would have been only 19, and he could have played another year. I know those kids love to play, and I really, really, really feel for both of them, the way last year ended and now the way this year is playing out. Um, it's funny because, you know, we were practicing for a while, and, and Lingard... I always had a huge smile on his face. And I don't know how many times, I might have said it to you a couple times, Ben, I can't believe how hard he works. Like, he wasn't hanging his head. He wasn't, the kid was jumping out on the ice and and really engaged and like such a fantastic leader in a quiet way. And, uh, you know, Wart, I think no one loves to score goals as much as Wart and... I think that this break is killing Wart. You know, when Wart doesn't score every day, he gets rattled. And I know that they're, I know both of them and they are rattled. I know actually everyone in the club is. And it's tricky, I can imagine, from your perspective, overseeing everything because you want nothing more than these guys to play. You want nothing more than the coaching staff to coach these guys. You want nothing more than the, everybody involved to kind of be involved in hockey. And sadly, from your perspective, there's nothing you can do, unfortunately. Well, and it is unfortunate. And it's interesting when you talk about the coaching staff and myself and whatever. I, I have passion for the game, although, you know, I'm 63 years old. And, and it's a young man's game. Our coach is in his 60s, early 60s, a couple of years younger than me. And Brad is the most passionate hockey person I know. Nobody is more passionate about this guy than this guy. And I know that he's missing it. You know, we talk often, we talk daily and, um, you know, we're friends and, you know, we're obviously business associates and he's my coach, but, but he's also a great guy and, and, you know, we're friends and I know that, you know, this is really tough on him too. He doesn't like this at all. It's just, it's just something I think we're going to see what happens. I want to be optimistic. I'm, I'm an optimistic person by nature. Um, and I always think the glass is half full and I'm on this one, hoping the glass is half full. Um, you know, from, all what the scientists and the experts talk about is 
that you know this isn't <clears throat> this isn't good and it's not going to get any better very soon so um i'm hoping i'm hoping against hope but i will say this um you know i think that and i could be totally wrong i think that this old timers team that traveled from bc to alberta to play a couple games and then they came back and covid was spread in whatever town they're in i think that has tarred hockey province-wide and so i think that the decision to shut everybody down the way that was done might have been a knee-jerk reaction because i don't know like i i know on vancouver island we have less cases than pretty well everywhere in the province and and um i know that in vancouver and in the fraser valley they were playing hockey games when their rates were tremendously higher than what ours are right now. And so I, I just hope that come January 8th, there's a bit of thought that's put into this, what what um, route we're going to take and or what, route, what route we're mandated to take. And as long as there's thought put into it and it makes sense, then I'm in full agreement. Is there a date that will come about that the league really has to look at to see if there's a viable option to end this season in terms of we've got to reach a minimum amount of games so we can then play a playoff series. I mean, do you are you aware of sort of a cutoff date to when a season can be completed and go ahead with that? Okay, so so let's start with the end in mind. And and the final, you know, crown jewel is the Cyclone Taylor Cup, which was supposed to take place in Delta this year. That's been cancelled. That's off the table. So now each league is looking at what they're going to do themselves. We're actually having a league meeting tonight, and we're going to talk about what's going to happen if we're allowed to move forward with games after January 8th. So um, personally, what I would like to see, and, and I, I've mentioned this to a few people, I would like to see the league. Our league usually ends around February 15th. I would like to see our regular season end on March 22nd, which is a Monday. And and um, that way, every single kid on every single team can play a lot of games. I think if I think if we started by January 15th and we went to March 22nd, we could play 24 more games, which would be awesome. Um, that's going to be a lot of games. That's two games a week, some weeks with three, but... Um, I think we could play 24 games and, and um, you know, I would like to see the, the playoffs, um, you know, stay in the south and the playoffs stay in the north. Best of threes. So that would take one week for round one, one week for round two. And then I would personally like to see a north-south final sudden death game, one game, and that's it. Wow. Interesting. Well, well, we'll keep an eye out and see how that all plays out and obviously update where we can. Just uh, one quick fire question to you, though, Pete, in terms of just the season that we have had. Obviously, we had you on at the beginning before the season had started, but uh, where we are, the pause, we just had a, a win and a loss against Kerry Park after the, the tricky series against the Cougars. Just how are you feeling that the side has gone uh, in what you have seen from this season? Okay, so I thought that 
I thought that we really competed well against Victoria. I mean, our record, we got two wins in 10 games. So if, if you're an outsider looking in, you're going to, you know, you're not going to be impressed with that number. We were really snake bit and I, and we had eight D men going in. We weren't allowed affiliate players this year because of COVID. So you have what you have. We had eight D and uh, we had three veterans and five rookies. So, um, at one point in that series, all three veterans were on the shelf, and uh, Griffin Gilmore, who's a first-year kid, was on the shelf. And you know, we had two 16-year-olds and two 17-year-olds, and we're playing one of the best teams in in the province. And and we competed every game. You know, I mean, the tenth game we played was anybody's game. I mean, it, it was a three to two game. I believe that was the final score. Could have got anyway. So when I left that series, I was feeling actually great about our squad. You know, we went up to KP and we played them in, in the first game. We were supposed to play them 14 games in a row. And they have improved a lot. Like, I, I, I'm not sure what they had at the start, but they've made a lot of changes, brought in a lot of kids. You know, they had a wet guy from the Western Hockey League you know, I think they had a guy from the BCHL. They had guys, they, they improved their club dramatically. And we beat them, I think it was 5-1 on a Tuesday night up there. And then we came back here Friday and uh, we lost 6-4, I think it was with an empty netter. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, and they were full value for the win. I think our guys thought that every game was going to be easy and 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 it wasn't. Like, they're a good club. Then we were shut down. I, I know that they would have liked to have played and seen, you know, what would have happened as well. Funny story, I was talking to Brandon Cox, who's their owner and coach, and we were talking about uh, playing 14 games. We had scheduled 12, and I said, well, well, let's just schedule two more. We might as well not waste the time. Let's play 14. And we both laughed because it was so ridiculous. And he said... Yeah, and then at the end, you mind if we go paintballing as a team builder both? So that was that was pretty funny, um, but um, yeah, it, it's 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 the strangest year in the strangest time. There's no doubt about it. You've been around for a long time, this league. Uh, is this the strangest it's ever been for you? Well, how could it not be, Ben? I mean, you know, I'm going to be glad. I think that everybody's going to be super happy when, you know, it's January 1st and we're talking about 2021. And I think 2021 is going to be a grind for a few months. But I'm a huge baseball fan. I go watch the Blue Jays probably three times a year. I try to go down. I Actually, I had, a, I had two trips to Toronto and I had a trip to Milwaukee and Pittsburgh lined up to watch them. And um, so... I'm hoping that this gets gets straightened out real fast and I'm in Toronto in June. I kind of picked some dates. So I, I think in June, I'm going to be there watching some baseball. But but before I say anything else, Ben, I want to ask you a couple questions. You can ask me whatever you want, Pete. <laughs> okay. I, I'm in the hot seat now. I feel nervous. I would like Should to I feel ask- nervous? Well, you know, this is probably a surprise to you, but I do want to ask you a few questions. Um, I, I think that you've been a real super fine for the Peninsula Panthers. And I think you really have added a lot to our organization. And so um, I I don't know if the people really understand your whole story. Um, so just give me a couple minutes, you know, the the Coles notes on Ben Waterworth. The, the Coles notes. He's had a, <laughs> there's a very large supermarket chain in Australia called Coles. Am I meant to be like telling you about the weekly specials or things like that? Um 
I'm Ben. Hi. Um, I, I feel like I was about to say I'm an alcoholic. I'm on the wrong um, platform for that. I, I, I'm, I've been here now for, what are we, December? Nine months? Eight months? Um, I came into this with a journalism background, uh, journalist by trade, radio host for um, 16 years. Uh, did some hockey calling for, for nearly a decade back in Hobart with some three-on-three, basically no contact, no slap shot, fast-paced hockey. Um, have a have a passion for sport, entertainment, all things fun. I love telling a good story and uh, I've, I've relished every single opportunity that, that you've given me here and that I've had so far in Victoria and... Um, at the time of recording this, very close to to marrying uh, my my woman, my woman. That sounds a bit wrong. The woman of my dreams. A um, couple of weeks away. That's kind of being thrust out there. So, I don't, I'm never good at this, Pete. I'm never good at selling myself. What, what what else do you What else do you need to know here? Well, uh, you know, the Panthers. We've been around for a long time, and so I just want to tell you a couple quick story stories, and then I want to hear what your thoughts are. Okay. When we first started in 99, um, Corrine and I had no idea what we were doing in terms of um, anything, really. I knew how to run a hockey team, and that's about all we knew. And so we we approached the a guy from the Peninsula News Review, and he was a young reporter, probably 23, 24 years old. Kevin Woodley was his name. And... Uh, you know, we said, hey, you know, have you got any ideas? And, you know, do you know anything about desktop publishing? And, you know, he had a color printer, which shocked us at that time. And The uh, good old days when yeah. having a color printer was the peak of technology. <laughs> yes, I remember, remember him well. I still remember the first color page he shot out and the, the printer was about as big as this room. <laughs> and, and, I, and we just were like in awe about that. Um, anyway, um, so he said, you know, I'll help you. And he helped, he, he did the cover of our first program and, you know, he really helped out, but he said to me, you know, Pete, I, I, my love is, is sports. He was doing the police beat and he was doing, you know, politics and he was doing sports and, but his real love was hockey. And so it was a nice fit with the Panthers and he would come out and he would take pictures. He was a hardworking guy. And I think you're a hardworking guy, Ben. And you remind me a lot of him. And um, so he ended up working for the Associated Press covering the Vancouver Canucks. And, you know, it went from the Peninsula Panthers to a couple steps. And then he was covering the Vancouver Canucks. And he got there because he had talent, but he was a hard worker. And he cared. And uh, now he's writing for NHL.com, covering mostly the Canucks. He also has a goaltender's magazine. And um, again, Kevin Woodley's his name for anyone out there who's interested in looking him up. When Hockeyville happened, we won Hockeyville. He phoned me and he said, hey, I'm writing for NHL on Hockeyville. I'm coming over for three days. Can you, you know, tell, can you tell me some stories that I should be writing about? And so we got together and I remember we were sitting there at a practice in the morning and, and he said, you know, Pete, talk about going full circle. And I said, yeah, for sure. There was another guy here that was Vern Faulkner and, and I remember taking him for coffee and, and buying him a muffin and he literally had nothing. He was sleeping in his car. He had nothing. 
and and but he worked hard he came and he would take pictures and he was you know he could write articles and he did that and he ended up through the Panthers kind of getting a bit of a reputation and he got on with a local rag and then he ended up being the editor slash publisher of a small prairie town newspaper and I thought that was a real cool cool story too so I'm wondering where you are in the cycle Ben um future uh play-by-play caller for uh uh CBC uh no look it's interesting you mentioned about um, with with uh, Kevin about sort of how you know he's passion with sport, passion with hockey, but kind of doing those rounds and and you know I've I've had a long enough career now you know particularly say in newspapers where yes that's what you do that's kind of what you start off as a cadet you, you're doing you know your Doris having a flower show on the weekend stories you, you're doing the the police beat politics done a lot of council work you know kind of doing all that but similar to what you're saying there like my passion's always been sport i you know hence why like when i reach out to someone like yourself i reached out to other teams in the area when i was coming here i want to make my name known i want to take any opportunity that's given to me and of course i would love to walk into a a place and be like oh you want to give me that amount of money a week absolutely to do what i love you know dream job but it's it doesn't happen that way so it kind of it comes to a point where you know you take any opportunity and you work hard because you want to work your way through the system to in order to kind of pursue your passion and my my passion is definitely sport um i've been lucky enough to do I'm, i'm lucky enough to do this i've been lucky enough to do plenty of other things you know mainly through living in my native australia a few things when i lived in new zealand but kind of being fresh here to the landscape it's about taking that passion taking that experience and exploring opportunities and seeing where it takes me i mean i, I have dreams and aspirations i could sit here for an hour Pete, and tell you where i would love to be yeah. and what i would like to do but at this time in in my life i i am absolutely loving doing what i'm doing right now with you guys i am at, in sort of a, a process of that from one paid opportunity to looking for other opportunities, and I'm open ended to where that may take me. So okay, so okay, so so let's talk about that. So I think you're a super talented guy, but but for someone who's looking for a person, what talents do you have? I am incredibly funny. <laughs> I'm definitely yes, handsome. Yeah, I, well. have a, I have a sexy accent. <laughs> And I can I can drop any knowledge on Michael Schumacher that you ever want, uh, which I'm sure goes a long way here in Canada. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I again, I, I am being completely honest with you. I'm not great at selling myself when it comes to this sort of stuff, but like I I, I believe to be decent enough at talking um, and broadcasting. I've been doing this for a while now, so I'd like to think that I've learned a few things or two. I, I enjoy interviewing people. I, I, I love sort of what I'm doing right now with you. I, I have always enjoyed that part of my job in speaking to people, learning, understanding. I'm the type of guy that even when I don't have a microphone in, in my hand or even when I don't have a recorder getting something for a written article, I'm still asking questions. I'm asking 101 questions to people because it's just you get kind of get used to it. Your past profession, Pete, you probably use a lot of what you've done in, in everyday life too. It just becomes second nature. I love learning about people and I think I've got a good knack for for telling a telling a good story. And I think I bring, I think, a unique angle to it. And not, not just the whole, oh, you're from Australia, you sound weird, you pronounce words funny. It's, you know, I've, I've always, I'm, I'm the type of guy that 
I like I like to look at things in in different ways when it comes to the story that's been told. So you mentioned before that you're a you're a glass half full guy. You're an optimist. I'll be completely honest with you and everybody listening right now. I'm the complete opposite. I've always been a pessimist. I'm a glass half empty sort of guy. And I don't know if that helps me look at different things and find different angles because I guess you would go into a story differently than I would with that notion. But I also like to have fun with it. Like I I hosted breakfast radio in Hobart for nigh on nine years. Um, and you know, breakfast radio, you're light, it's prime time. You're wanting to wake people up. We were never the biggest radio station. We, we were barely in the top five, but we provided something different. So we would get politicians on and while other shows are going to be grilling them about why they've introduced this tax and, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? We barely would talk about politics. I'd be finding out like, Oh, who are you going for on the footy on the weekend? Or like, what do you think of this? And for example, our, our premier in, in Tasmania at one point, he was a massive Survivor fan. And, of course, I've got a lot of experience with Survivor. So we would talk about Survivor. Uh, you know, we, we and this is kind of like the, the leader of our state. You wouldn't have a clue. but he's just, And he knows his Survivor stuff. Like, he knows. Like, he's not just a casual fan. There was one of our other premiers who we became good friends with. She had had, a, a, like, an absolute rotter of a week in the press. I can't even remember what it was. But she had been torn and, like, just you could tell she walked into that studio, like, going another interview i don't want to be here and i basically said lara premier uh guess what and she's like what I'm like we're not even talking about politics today this is what we're talking about she like let out this big exhale she basically hugged me and was like thank god because it just and that's what i like to bring i like to bring that side of things and and know these people and i've also got an attitude i will say right now and this comes from contacting you from anybody else i am the type of person that doesn't give up so through, I believe that. Through a myriad of people who I've interviewed and opportunities that I've had, I go into these situations with the worst they can do is say no or ignore me. So, for example, one one big interview that I had and I basically got through just pestering the absolute crap out of them, I, I'm a massive, massive, massive Kevin Bacon fan. And we used to have a, an ongoing segment on our breakfast radio show where we basically treated Kevin Bacon as almost like a Jesus-like figure. So we had a, a photo of him in our studio. We'd be like, praise be the bacon and kind of just – it was fun. It was an ongoing joke. And we, we pushed hard to get him on the show. Um, but the, the way we worked out to get him on the show, he's in a band with his brother. So we found his record company and we're like, hey, we'd like to interview them. Because we're thinking like, well – Interviewing Kevin Bacon, he's had a million and one questions about his movie career, but who wants to interview Kevin Bacon about his music career? So we got an in, we got a sniff. It was never a no. It was like, oh, okay, we'll see what we can make it happen. I was on to them for two years, I want to say. Wow. This one woman, she was she was very nice, but maybe not, you know, like the most frequent communicator. And it got to a point where I don't know if it was just a case of, oh, my God, leave me alone, just do the damn interview, or legitimately, okay, now's the time. So long story short, I got it. I interviewed them. It was a Saturday morning, very early. I got up and interviewed him and his brother. Uh, I snuck in one movie question, but like the majority of it was all about the music. So I, I through that long process of never giving up, I got him on the show. So, that's cool. Yeah, I, and that's what I'm like. I'm like a dog with the bone. Until you give me a flat out no, piss off, stop contacting me, I'm going to keep contacting you because I will always get a sniff of interviewing or a story with that. So yeah, That's good. You know, Ben, I, I, being dogmatic is, is a real trait that um, carries people a long way. I know that you have that. I know that you're super talented. I just was talking to Paul Hasem, who's an anchor at Global, just uh, 20 minutes ago or just before, 20 minutes before we started here, and I was talking to him about you. 
And, uh, you know, Paul used to play here for four years, and now he's about your age. I think he's 34 years old. I think you're 33, aren't you, Ben? I, I am indeed, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's a good fellow, and I was just putting your name out there because I know that you're, you know, you'd like to get into the sports or entertainment business, and he's a good contact. And, um, you know, and I said to him, I, I consider you to be one of the most talented people that I know. And so I do, I do hope that somebody is listening and knows somebody or is somebody and gives you a call because Ben, I think you're top shelf. Pete, I was made out, uh, somebody recently pointed out to me that I'm not good at taking compliments. I kind of just joke it off. So um, I don't know how to react to that, but thank you very much. I really, I really do appreciate it. But um, look, I, I, I'm here. I, I'm I'm new to Victoria, to, to BC, to Canada, um, and obviously we're living in challenging times right now when it comes to not just the industry that I want to work in, but but any industries. You know, it's it's a very tricky time as we've learnt in this episode in regards to the Panthers and what's going on. But um, yeah, if if people are listening, and I don't know, like I I'm I'm open. I'm open ended. Mr. Zaberski, I don't know else what to say there. It's not often I'm speechless, but um, <laughs> I think Ben and you know this. It, you know, as long as you know you're a dog after the last bone, eventually you're going to get the bone. Well, and I'm a cat man. Pete, I, so. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I I still remember when I was a young kid. And still you, a young kid, Pete. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, and back then, jobs were a lot harder to find than they are for now for kids. And, you know, the the lesson I learned early was go ask for the job and keep going every single day. And one day they will give it to you. It might take a week. It might take 10 days. And I, I believe that and I know that that's the way you are. And like I say, I, I really hope that something happens for you, Ben, because I, I think someone would be getting a great person. I do, I do. I find the same thing when I'm complimented. And Corrine always tells me, just say thank you. Well, all I got to say too is also like when people offer you things, Pete, like let me buy you a coffee, let me buy you food. Like you, you can accept people <laughs> buying you things. But no, I, like one thing I'll say too is, um, you know, I, I've talked a lot about this on this show and when I've been doing the play-by-play with Will, just the opportunities that you've given me here are just uh, are outstanding and I, I appreciate every aspect. I think you said to me when I first reached out to you that, you know, we can't offer you anything like, you know, you've got too much experience and it's, it's never, I had a similar situation in New Zealand when I had a radio show there, you know, I had reached out to a local radio station in the city I was living in and the manager there was kind of like, look, you're like, we'd love to have you, but we can't pay you. And it's like, well, I I don't need to be paid. Like this is something that I would do for free because I'm so passionate about it. And sort of just back to my hockey experience, that's kind of how, you know, I got that. I had sort of reached out to our local league and sort of had done an interview with the president and kind of said like, Hey, I'd love to come along. I'd love to do this. And they're like, well, you know, we can't give you anything. It's like, that's fine. I don't mind. And that was something that I, I just fell in love with. I would call uh, the championship game every year. I eventually took it up full time. So they would play on a Tuesday night, tiny little arena in, in Hobart, um, four teams, three on three, but I was there week on, week out, covering both games each night and loved every single second of it. We might have had five listeners every week. No one gave a shit about it, but I didn't care because like, I absolutely loved it. And it, it gave them exposure. It gave them something. And 
you know, I, I'm by, by me saying this, this is not me taking credit for it at all because this has got nothing to do with me. But since I have left Tasmania, they've had new people come on board the league in terms of promoting it. It is. It has never been promoted as well as it has right now. It has never been. It has never looked as good. And you know, from where it was ten years ago to where it is today, it's great. And this is obviously cool. like a, a, a tiny, tiny sport. Yeah. Not only in Australia, but like in Hobart, this is like Australian football or cricket here. It's just not thought about. So, um, to work from somewhere like that to come to an arena like this. To, to have these opportunities, you know, 10 years ago when I first interviewed a guy at ice hockey in Tasmania to think that I would be sitting here right now in this incredibly professionally run club and league and, you know, the number one nation for hockey in the world, it's 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 a dream. And whether – if this is, even if this becomes the peak of my, my sports or hockey broadcasting career, I, I would be a happy man because it's been a great opportunity. And I've I'm, – I'm, you talk about you missing hockey and the players missing hockey – I'm bloody missing hockey. I'm I'm sitting here going, come on, where, yeah. what am I doing on my Friday nights? You know, and yeah. yeah. So Ben, um, okay, someone's listening and they want to get a hold of you. How would they do that? I um, am one of these guys that apparently think it's best to have a resume and a website. So people can actually go to benwaterworth.com. Um, it was something that I, that, that, without going into too much detail, because we're going too long here, I there is another Ben Waterworth journalist broadcaster in Australia. We actually worked with the same organization at one point. So he was in Melbourne, I was in Hobart. We'd get confused all the time. He's been a little bit more successful than me, so good for him. I'm, I'm very proud to live off that name. But uh, I when I knew he was kind of making a bit bigger, I'm thinking like he's going to steal benwaterworth.com. So I better get in on this. So I went and bought benwaterworth.com. <laughs> he doesn't have it. I have it. So benwaterworth.com, um, there, there's more details about me. There's uh, contact details. Also, um, yeah, Twitter and Instagram, benwaterworth62 is my username. And I'm one of these people who's on it too much. So generally, if you want me, you can find me. I'm not that hard to find. Okay, so benwaterworth.com for the website and benwaterworth62 for Twitter and Instagram. Indeed. And where, where can, have you got a, is there pizzaburski.com? Can people go and no, find there, No, there isn't. No, <laughs> there isn't. Can we make one? <laughs> I don't think so. Just, I think we're good with Panthers. I think pizzaburski.com would go off the route. Like, I think people would be signing up. You could have a subscription service. I would have at least three followers. Uh, Maybe you, Corrine. Uh, I, I guarantee you would have more than that. We could just create, like, pizzaburski.com and just have all these facts we learn every single week. You know, a picture of you uppercutting a horse. <laughs> you know, all these kind of things like that. Um Pete, thank you for joining us. No, thank you. Thank you for grilling me. It was uh, it was interesting, but um, I it's always a pleasure to have you on the show and obviously update on the situation. And fingers crossed that we can uh, be playing again soon and we can uh, be talking about uh, the the games rather than when are we going to be playing them very soon. Just quickly, uh, Christmas plans? Anything uh, in the coming? Just, you know what? Just stay at home and uh, hunker down and uh, hopefully get a few giggles. Yeah, watching the I, I watched some football yesterday. I watched the Bills play. I watched. The Bills play too. They played a heck of a game. Deserve full value for the win. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited. I. I I'm not used to the Bills doing well. So no, Bills. Uh, Bills have something special going. Right. Okay. Well, let's see how that plays out. For everybody listening to the podcast, of course, uh, remember to subscribe on all the good podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're at ppanthers.transistor.fm. I think I've been giving that address wrong recently, so I did double check that before today. It's ppanthers. I think it's pvhhl.transistor.fm 
uh, to subscribe. And also hit up the Panthers on all the social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, to stay up to date with some exciting things coming on that. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Claw Weekly will be back on our little break. We, we put on social media a week ago. We will be returning at some point in January. Sticky will be back. We're getting some of the guys back on the show. We've got a few more to interview. We're going to get through all of them by the end of this season, whether there's a season to go or not. So stay tuned for that. But uh, on behalf of myself uh, and Sticky, Merry Christmas. Happy 2021. Pete, thank you very much. Right back at you as well. And we'll speak to you next time on Claude Weekly. Good night. Claude Weekly is proudly brought to you by Peninsula Co-op. Purchase a car wash from Peninsula Co-op before November 15 and you can win free car washes for a year. Enter online at co-op promotions.com.